Well, good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing this Saturday? <laughs> well, you're here before it gets hot. Although on the walk here, getting into the building, it was it was pretty hot. So, when I was growing up, there were three movies that I know were very long, longer than usual, and perhaps you can relate. The Sound of Music, pretty long. Ben Hur. And the Ten Commandments, right? Yeah. And nowadays, every Marvel movie is like three hours long, and anything less than three hours is like a, a TV show, apparently. So, but the Ten Commandments. And what was the highlight of the Ten Commandments? You guys remember what the scene? Was it the parting of the Red Sea, right? Yeah. Charlton Heston and Pharaoh's army is coming in, and there's nowhere for them to go. They have their back against this, against the sea, right? The Red Sea. And sure enough, Moses lifts up his arms, and guess what? The sea parts. And the Israelites can, can walk through. They have a path to, into the wilderness. And what happens is Pharaoh's army is chasing after them. They have their chariots. They have their soldiers. And the water just comes crashing down on them. A tremendous victory, right? I'm sure the Israelites were saying, yes, man, this God we serve is amazing. This is so awesome. And we're going to start our story, our short little time together, right after this incident. It's the highest of highs. In fact, the song of Moses comes about. All of a sudden, they start busting out and singing the song of giving praise and honor to God. And, 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 and Miriam comes out with a, with, a, with a tambourine, and she's singing along, and it's just a great and awesome time. But afterwards, the Lord leads them somewhere. And it says here in verse 22. And so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and they found no water. Have you ever been thirsty I know it's like today, like I'm looking for my water bottle. I get thirsty. But can you imagine three days in the wilderness without water? You're looking at everybody else. Do you have any water? Do you have any water? And they'll say, I don't have any water. You see, there's millions of us around. There's no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And here the Lord brings them to this place of water. But they can't drink the water. For the waters are bitter. And this morning I'm going to give you four lessons. Just four lessons we can learn as God takes us to the waters of Mara. So I'm going to pray and then we'll dive in. And we'll learn together. Father, we thank you for this time, and I ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts, Lord, open our minds, Lord. May it not be I who speak, but you, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to, to know you more, to be like you. And for those of you who do not know you, to come and see that you are good, you are God. Bless this time. Bless everyone in this room, Lord, as they've come to do the right, the right thing of hearing your word and wanting to know you more. Bless this time we pray and ask in Jesus' name, amen. 
And so they come to the waters. And I'm sure after three days, they're so thirsty and they come and guess what? They put it to their mouth, their lips, and it's bitter. They can't drink it. That's like going to, uh, you're thirsty and someone says, hey, I have this warm soda. Do you want it? It's not the greatest, right? You have ice? No, but I have this warm soda. And you probably would say, I would rather not have that. Thank you. And so they come to the waters. And it's bitter. And in verse 24, it says, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And so they're upset. They saw this great victory, the parting of the Red Sea. And here the Lord brings them to the waters, but they're bitter. And our first lesson this morning that teaches us of the waters of Mara is that the bitterness of sin. And here's what I mean by it. They came there and they came and they wanted to quench their thirst. They wanted to satisfy their flesh. God didn't tell them to drink there, but they went and they tried it. And guess what? It was bitter. And sin is bitter. In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, we're all familiar of the story of the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were there in paradise. And he had one rule, right? One rule. Don't eat of that tree, right? But the snake serpent came and tempted Eve. And she looked at that fruit and it looked like it was sweet. It looked like it would satisfy. It looked like it was delicious. She took a bite and gave it to Adam who took a bite. And their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. And they found out that that fruit was bitter. That relationship with God was now severed because of sin. What they thought in Genesis 3, that that fruit would be sweet, that it would satisfy them, was bitter. And the same thing here at Mara, the waters were bitter. And so they complain to Moses, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree that when he cast into the waters, they were made sweet. And there he made for him an ordinance. And there he proved them. So they come to Moses saying, Moses, this water is bitter. What are you going to do, Moses? And Moses does what I would do. I would pray and like, I don't have any water. I don't have crates of Costco water, right? But Lord says, hey, Moses, there's a tree right there. I want you to put that tree and I want you to put it in the water. And so Moses takes that tree. He puts it in the water. and We read that the waters were made sweet. Now, here's an interesting thing for you guys. The tree represents Many times in the Bible, Christ, the cross, Calvary. In fact, uh, 1 Peter 2.24 tells us that. And so here we have a picture. Sin is bitter, but the tree, Christ, Calvary, goes into the water and it's made sweet. It's made so we can drink it. And that's the second lesson we can learn here. It's the sweetness of Christ. The sweetness of Christ. When I was a child, my, mom, my grandma excuse me, made the best lemonade. And I was like, man, this is so good. And as I matured, and I said, you know what? I'm going to make my own lemonade. And sure enough, I got the lemons and I got the water. 
and I was just doing it, like squeezing the water and the putting, squeezing the lemons and putting it in the water, and I went to have a drink, and it was bitter. What was I missing? Sugar. sugar. I remember calling my grandma. I'm like, it doesn't taste so good. And she's like, child, did you put sugar in it? And I was like, touche, touche, grandma, touche. <laughs> but that's what Christ does, is he brings sweetness in our life. He makes the bitter sweet by taking on our sins so that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, 8 says that, that come and see, come taste and see that the Lord is good. But so often we want bitter. We want the sin because it looks good, but it's always bitter in the end. But Christ, the cross of Calvary, Moses putting the tree into the water, guess what? It was made sweet. And it says here, he made for them a statue and an ordinance. And there he proved them. And he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. The third lesson that why the Lord brings us to the waters of Mara is to test their commitment, to test them. You see, the Lord brought them there to test them, and they failed miserably because guess what? They wanted that bitter water. They wanted to feed their flesh. And so often the Lord brings bitter into your life because he wants to teach you something. And it's very common for all of us that sin does not satisfy. He's trying to refine us. As Proverbs 70, 17, 3 tells us that, that the Lord refines us. He wants us to purify us. It's a test. It's like an EKG. He's checking our hearts. You guys ever had an EKG before? It's where they test, right? They're testing your heart to see if it's okay. And in the spiritual sense, the Lord is testing our hearts because our hearts are, are, are deceptive. They can easily fool us. And the Lord is saying, hey, where's your heart at, people? Is that someone's EKG? awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. And the Lord does that to check our hearts as he wants to make sure that we have the right motives, that we are doing things with a pure heart. Because so often we do things because there's something for us to gain. Here's an example. One act, but two different people. You help someone cross the street, right? Maybe they're in a wheelchair, maybe whatever. You don't know the person. You're going to do it out of the goodness of your heart. That's a pure motive, right? Same act. But the person you know has millions of dollars, and they're a generous tipper for doing acts. You do the same thing. Where's your heart at, right? There's a difference there. One is a pure motive. You're doing it just to bless them. You're not asking anything in return. The second way is you're doing it hoping that, well, I did something, and I'm going to get something in return. But that's not... What God is teaching us. He wants us to obey him out of us, not because he'll, he'll bless us, and that's part of it, but because he, he loves us so much that he wants that love to reciprocate, that we want to obey him because we love him. And so he tests <laughs> our hearts. And then lastly, in verse 27, and there they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water, and three score and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. The Lord had them leave Mara, and he brought them to Elam, a place of refreshment, 
and they were 12 walls of water. For you who study the Bible, how many tribes of Israel are there? 12. And there's what? 12 wells of water, one for each tribe. The Lord had it perfectly set out, each well for each tribe of water. And there were palm trees to give them shade. And so Lord brings the bitter to sweet to show us refreshment. And in John 6, we read of a woman at the well. And Jesus is there. It's hot out, much like today. No shade. And this woman is coming out to grab water because back in those days, they didn't have plumbing, right? You had to go to the well and you had to gather the water. And Jesus asks her for a glass of water, for some water. And so they get talking, and he mentions to her that the water that you're drinking, it's not going to satisfy. But the water that I give, Jesus says, will satisfy. And the woman says, where can I get this water? I want this water. I'm tired of going to the well. I'm tired of getting this water. I want the one that will ultimately satisfy. And Jesus was pointing to himself, the living water, the one that is sweet. The one that will satisfy. And so, this morning, I have to ask you, is is where you're at? Perhaps you've been tasting from the bitter fruit. The waters are bitter. You keep thinking it's satisfying, but it doesn't. In fact, True story is I have a hard time eating apples. Do you know why? Because too, more often than not, I eat a bad one. You ever had a bad apple? It's mushy. It's gross. And so I am terrified. Not really terrified, but I'm very weary of it. Because it's deceptive. And the same thing with sin. I don't know where you're at. Perhaps you think you're under the illusion that whatever sin it is you're dealing with will satisfy. That it looks sweet. It looks great. But it's bitter. You wake up, you, you give in, and guess what? You feel guilty, you feel burdened, you regret. It happens to all of us. But the good news is, is that for those of us who are in Christ, we can ask for forgiveness. We can ask and have him to cleanse us, knowing to Calvary, and he'll make the bitter sweet. He'll forgive us. He'll show us a better way. He will satisfy us. He's the sweetness in that lemonade, right? Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Thirdly, he uses it to test our commitment. He wants to make sure that he's refining us. He's purifying us. If you're in Christ, the Lord wants you to be just like him. As we grow, we're growing to be more like Christ. Trying to be more holy. We will always fall short. And until we get the glory, we will struggle. But as he does it, he's testing us to make sure that that we were becoming more and more like him. But for those of you who don't know Christ, he's bringing you to him. He's using these circumstances to show you that, hey, the way you're doing things, it's not right. It's not satisfying. It's not getting you anywhere. And lastly, for those of us who are in Christ, it's to bring us refreshment. You see, when I'm tired, when I'm weary, I have Christ, I can rest in him. I know that 
I can cast my burdens onto him. Those loads that without Christ, it weighs you down. It weighs you down, but we can give it to Christ as he wants to take it on. As he rejoices, he wants to do that. And so, one more thing, and then we'll close in prayer, is in verse 25, God calls himself the Lord that healeth thee. And in Hebrew, it's Jehovah Rapha. And the Lord here wants to heal us. And what I mean by that is, of course, the Lord can heal us physically, but he can heal us spiritually. And how does he heal us? It's through, through the cross of Calvary. It's what Jesus did. Jesus coming down to earth, living a perfect, sinless life, showing us the way to live because we could never do it. Being tempted, all of us have been tempted, we give in, but he did not give in. He can relate. He can say, Pete, I know what you're going through. I know what it's like. And guess what he did? He went to the cross on Calvary because he loves the whole world. He died for, for us. And what he's asking is saying, hey, stop taking the bitter. Come to me. Realize that I took your sin on Calvary. I paid the price. But you have to come to me. You have to surrender to me. And so I implore you, I encourage you, if you are tasting of the bitter, come to Christ. Come, come to Nick or, or whoever here. You know, me, Ron, Sophia. Come talk to us. And on the other hand, maybe you're a Christian and maybe you have just been giving in. But now's your chance to get it right and to come back to him and say, Lord, I'm tired of going down to this, this water that never satisfies. I'm tired of drinking this water. And he'll be right there to take you and make it sweet again. We'll do that relationship. So let's pray and we'll be dismissed or whatever it is you do next. <laughs> but Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come here today. Despite the heat, despite, you know, it's early in the morning for some of us, but we have chosen the good and Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word that you can teach us that the waters of Mara or the bitter waters do not satisfy. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for everyone here that if they are tasting these waters, that they would realize that they're bitter, they're deceptive, they will not satisfy, you will be thirsty. And that they would come to you this morning. There's no doubt, Lord, that there are some here who do not know you. And I pray, Lord, that today is a day of salvation. That they would realize that you were good. And to prove it, you say, taste and see. Come to me. Come to me. I will show you the better way. And I pray for my brothers and sisters who do, who do know you, Lord. Lord, may they come back to you. May they repent from that sin, or those sins that have easily ensnare us. And come back and run that race with endurance. And Lord, I pray you would bless everyone today. Bless them. Keep them safe from the heat, Lord. And may they take the heart. May they hear what you said this morning. And so, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for this opportunity. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.